This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Voices of Vapors. This is where we discuss all things related to tobacco harm reduction, um, notably electronic cigarettes and vaping devices. So despite all the recent media alarmism, um, e-cigarettes have actually been available in the United States since 2007 um, without any adverse health effects. Um, They've helped an estimated 3 million American adult smokers quit smoking, and they're significantly safer, um, as found by Public Health England, the Royal College of Physicians, and the American Cancer Society actually noted in June 2019 that, or June 2019, that they were significantly less harmful because they don't contain nor combust to, uh, tobacco. Recent hospitalizations have hit all the media, you know, the media headlines, and these are overwhelmingly linked to illicit and unregulated products um, containing tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC, or, or cannabis or marijuana, however you want to call it. Um, even the CDC has acknowledged that almost 80% of their hospitalizations that they had reports on um, had used recently used these um, THC-containing devices. So today... I've got Matt Coley, who's coming from Montana, which is recently their governor announced a flavor ban on um, electronic cigarette sales. Um, Matt Coley is a vaping YouTuber. He's also an advocate and designer, and he quit smoking with vaping seven years ago after getting oral cancer. And yeah, he's in Montana, and uh, Steve Bullock, their governor there, just announced a ban on flavored e-cigarette product sales that will go into effect on October 22nd. Matt, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm fantastic. I mean, you know, it's just been crazy. But um, so my first question always is, how did you get involved? And can you tell our listeners more about your journey into vaping? Sure. So I was a smoker from about 16 till 30. So yeah, about 14 years. Um, I got oral cancer uh, just squamous cell carcinoma on my lip right on the spot where my, my cigarette would touch. And I had to, you know, caught it early, had to have surgery for that. Even after that surgery for about six months, I was having a really hard time not relapsing and going back to cigarettes. I had tried other uh, nicotine replacement therapies and it just, nothing was sticking. Um, at that point, I just kind of on a whim got bought a, you know, cheap little gas station e-cig and it was okay. It, it didn't help me quit completely, but it was just enough to like make me, you know, more interested in it and uh, start diving a little deeper. Then I went into a, a vape shop uh, shortly thereafter and uh, eventually quit smoking. And so I, I would say I'd been vaping for about two months once I once I finally like cut the cigarettes out completely. Um, then at that point, I kind of realized that there was this big online community kind of a grassroots thing and and forums and and on youtube and i i just kind of went deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and and got more into the the hobby side of it as well um you know one thing that's interesting about vaping that a lot of people don't understand is it's like it kind of melds tech and nicotine together so you know for some people it's somewhat of a hobby where they like to get different types of 
you know, try different types of devices, a new mod, a new tank, th things of that nature. And so then I, I started making videos just, just for fun. Uh, I was actually working at a, at a local newspaper and magazine here at the time. And I didn't think, you know, anything was going to come of it, but the, the channel ended up getting really popular and I kind of ended up, you know, falling into the, into the industry. No, that's awesome. Okay. So can you also kind of explain your role in the industry now? Um, well, I have a YouTube channel that has uh, about, what is it, 285,000 subscribers now, I, I believe. And uh, I also have um, collaborated on, on different products and, uh, you know, designed them with, you know, with manufacturers. Um, I've been pretty active in, in advocacy for, for a while now and uh, also travel around a lot through a lot of the different uh, uh, vape expos throughout the world and yeah, that's pretty much it. I yeah. kind of dabble in, in, in a lot of different things. Still, and, and still pretty busy. Um, I, I know I, I'm super busy now, and I did not expect this when I first started Heartland uh, three years ago. So let's talk about Montana. Um, you know, Steve Bullock, uh, your your governor, uh, did, you know, just announced a, you know, the ban on flavored e-cigarette products. Now, I did a little bit of research. Um, so they Montana received an estimated 100 $8.5 million in tobacco monies in 2019. Um, they only spent $5 million on tobacco control programs, or it's about 0.04%. Um, I also went through, um, during my lunch break, uh, and, and the FDA hosts these, um, where they bring secret shoppers in with minors and, you know, to try to see who's selling tobacco products, and they call them their tobacco um, inspections. And so between January 1st, 2019, or 2018, and uh, August 31st of this year, 2019, um, there were 2,134 letters um, that were given by the FDA um, based off of Montana tobacco compliance checks and inspections. And it was actually, it was, I, I really liked seeing this data because there was only 72 sales um, to minors, or 0.03%, which means that retailers are doing a really good job. Um, of that, though, I mean, there was 19 that were sold cigars. There were 22 that were sold cigarettes. There were 26 that were sold um, electronic cigarette and vaping devices. And five were able to um, acquire smokeless tobacco. Um, can Yeah, let's just... Break. You're in Montana, so can you explain to our listeners like wh what is, what's the industry look like out there, um, and as well as like this new flavor ban um, and how that's going to impact businesses. Well, Montana is a pretty rural state, so you know there's the, the industry is not nearly as large here compared to compared to some of the other states. But uh, there is a state group here. I believe they have like 12 vape shops in that state group. Uh, Total, I'm not sure exactly how many shops there are, but I'm guesstimating somewhere around, you know, 30, maybe 40, uh, um, you know, just strictly vape shops. And then obviously there's there's head shops and, and, and stuff like that here as well. Yeah. Um, now, the as far as the ban goes, it was kind of unexpected, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Steve Bullock, Steve Bullock is, is good friends with the, the attorney general in, in Iowa, Tom Miller, who's been a who's been a big proponent of, of vapor products and has, has helped to advocate for them. And Tom Miller's been helping Bullock uh, in Iowa campaign. So I kind of always assumed that that we were going to be safe. But, uh, uh, you know, clearly, uh, I, I think, 
you know, Bullock's campaign may have, may have coached him into, uh, you know, doing something like this to get some, to get a little attention. Yeah. Is it, okay. Is it all political? Um, I, you know, if you look at all these recent vaping related, I mean, for the past year after the CDC and the FDA came out and, you know, late, uh, 2018, that this is a youth vaping epidemic, you're seeing, you know, overwhelmingly suburban moms. Um, is it, is it all political? I, I mean, yeah, I think it is. You know, we've had two lung illness cases here in Montana. No one's died. Um, you know, and, and as, as, as we've seen, uh, it, you know, more and more evidence come out, it really looks like um, all the evidence is pointing towards black market uh, THC oils being the, being the culprit. Um, you know, Bullock hasn't really talked about the subject a whole bunch. He did want to tax vapor products uh, last year, and there was a uh, it was on the ballot, but the vo- voters basically struck it down. I and do so, I don't know. Maybe he was maybe he was a little uh, heard about that still. I, I, but, re- uh, yeah, I remember that. I actually wrote against that. Um, and Montana, like, where was the money? They were going to tax it. Where was that going to go? It wasn't going to go towards tobacco control, from what I was, remember. It was no. It, it was going to go towards the the Medicaid expansion. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's worth pointing out Steve Bullock's running for president. And sometimes when candidates are running for president, they they make moves like this that maybe they I I, if he wasn't for running for president, I would bet that there's no way he would have done this. Wow. Okay. well, I like (laughs) I'm glad that it took you by surprise because I, I all these states that have done the the flavor bans. I mean, I know Governor Whitmer was one of the first ones to announce, you know, and and then New York got onto it, and then Massachusetts, and then you know Washington yesterday just issued, um, you know, their rules. Um, Oregon. It's all been kind of like liberal states. Um, like Montana was completely off my radar on that one. It, I, when I picture Montana in my head, I think of like a cowboy in the mountains. His, yeah, I mean we're, we're pretty we're pretty big on we're pretty big on freedom here. I mean Bullock is is a Democrat. Yes. I mean I, I would definitely call him a moderate Democrat, um a Montana style Democrat. Um but yeah, it's a it's a very red state. I did talk to uh um a few senators and and uh, representatives here that were were caught off guard by it as well. But you know, there's not really much they can do about it. They they don't uh, have session again till uh, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they do in an emergency session. Um, okay. So let's bring it back to what is going on. I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to explain to our listeners, you know, I mean, we're, you're seeing all these media um, headlines, you know, people dying, yeah, hospitalizations. Um, can you kind of explain a little bit of that? Yeah, I mean, basically, the, these lung illnesses started getting reported uh, a couple months ago, and uh, you know, it was pretty clear from the beginning that this was co- was happening from some new products that was getting introduced to the marketplace because you you would see these geographical pockets where it was happening. So you know, that tells you that this is most likely a black market product. Obviously, if this was Jewel, you know, Jewels all over the world, you would see this stuff spread out a little bit more proportionately, but, uh, you know, you had pockets like in Wisconsin and New York 
and with these lung illnesses. And unfortunately, they just weren't reported on well, where they just say, you know, people are getting are getting uh, sick from vaping. And so most people, I would I would say, uh, just hear vaping and they think, you know, nicotine vaping, you know, most or, or they associate it with something like Juul. Um, now, as time has gone on, they're, they're reporting more and more on the fact that this looks like it's, uh, you know, black market THC oils. Basically, you know, the cannabis industry themselves has reported on this really well, like like uh, websites like Leafly, because I think that they kind of expected something like this to happen. You know, there there is these these oil additives that are called thickeners um, and that, that are used to cut this THC oil. And a new one was introduced into the marketplace towards the end of last year, and they started using vitamin E acetate in that. And, you know, the problem really inhaling any kind of oil is problematic, but, you know, it's good to keep in mind that nicotine vapor products are water soluble. They're not oil soluble, but the, the THC products are oil soluble. And so I think what's happening is, is that on the black market, they're cutting these, these products with with so much of these thickeners that it's one making the making the product not as potent so people are having to use it more often so for example with your normal thc uh tank that you go buy in in your your average uh, dispensary in a legal state those are very potent you take one or two puffs you get the desired effects you want you don't use it again for hours but when you when you start cutting this stuff so much with these oil additives um you know people are using it more and more they're they're they they have more exposure to the to the oils and any potential you know dangerous compounds inside of it and i think it's kind of a perfect storm situation there's also some other speculation that some of the pesticides uh or fungicides i forget exactly what they call them that are used on the with black market cannabis. I don't believe that they're they're legal to be used with uh, you know with regulated cannabis. Um, the, you know some of those could be causing some of these issues as well. Wow, you just explained that really very well. It's very well done on that one. Um, and uh, you know, to our listeners, it should be noted that these are all recent hospitalizations. E-cigarettes have been on the market since 2007, and until, you know, the past two months, they have not been linked with any, um, you know, adverse health issues. Uh, but but now you're getting this, everything's kind of going on to, instead of health departments sitting here saying, hey, it's illegal THC, oh, no, but it's just vaping devices. Um Matt, you've been in this. You've been in here longer than I have. You know, I mean, I I just started in 2016, um, and I love the industry. But you're, from what I'm understanding and what I'm seeing right now, I mean, there's an increasing alarm on the use of electronic cigarettes and vaping devices. Um, even and this was happening even before these hospitalizations. Can you kind of address that? And what what are your thoughts on like why we're seeing public health kind of coming, you know, against them? Well, there, I, there's a, that's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's good. It's good to, I guess, you know, it's for one, everyone should definitely look at the contrast between how the UK treats these products and how the U S treats these products. Vice actually had a really good article come out today that, that, uh, that, you know, compared the, the two. Um, I think just when it comes to drug policy and in general and addiction policy in the U S 
we're very much so puritanical and we take an all or nothing approach, like a quit or die approach, basically. Um, you know, we're, we're a little bit behind compared to some of the European countries when it comes to harm reduction. And so that's one issue. And, and you know, so you, you see vaping was kind of this, this grassroots user driven thing that wasn't created by pharma. It wasn't created by any doctor. Yep. And so it was, ba it basically was born online where, you know, you had a guy named Han Lick in China who created the first e-cig back in like 2004, I think it was, or might've been a little after that. And, you know, people in the U S and other countries started ordering some of these early products from China and they, they didn't work very well. And so they started, um, modding them themselves, basically modifying them and, and uh, you know, creating their own e-liquids for them, which is where flavored e-liquids were born. They weren't born from big tobacco. Exactly. They were born on the internet in some of these original forums, e-cigarette forums, like uh, electronic cigarette forum is one of the most popular. And they were also born on, on, you know, YouTube and stuff. And so that got introduced because it was like a user driven innovation. Now, obviously, public health doesn't really like that when, you know, they've had their own their their own plans for how to lower smoking rates. And they've, you know, they're, you know, the, the anti-tobacco uh, is, is a billion dollar. I wouldn't call it an industry, but, you know, a billion dollar nonprofit situation here. And when something else comes comes up that that kind of steps on their feet a little bit, they're, they're not going to like it very much. And yeah. so that's part of it too. And then we just tend to have like this moral driven public hysteria in this country where, you know, like we're not fact-based when it comes to some of these, these, these health issues. And, and we tend to overcompensate and, you know, take prohibitionary tactics as opposed to looking at the science and data. Yep. And very reactionary is what I would say as oh, well. For sure. You know, it's just, Oh, we have to do something. I mean, I know, you had, you know, uh, previously brought up vitamin E acetate. Well, the science is still out on that. They cannot. I do want to like emphasize to our listeners that there has been no single product identified, and moreover, there has been no single ingredient that has been identified to that is causing these hospitalizations that everyone's hearing about. There yeah, there's a, there's speculation there's a you know different epidemiologists have, have pointed out different things yeah um you know a lot of it's also like stuff's being self-reported they yes. don't even know if you know when the cdc or you know the state government asks that person for the va their vaping products they might not be getting all of them you know like say somebody is using thc cartridges they might go through one every two days they might have thrown away the one that already made them sick and then the next one could be totally different so this whole thing is is a big can of worms and and you know getting to the bottom of it and and getting you know 100 perfect information could be near impossible i think you just titled the podcast for us for today a big can of worms i love that okay but they're okay though seriously now i mean there is an issue with kids using e-cigarettes. Um, I, from the data that I've looked at, um, you know, it, it, kids use are increasing now. We can go back and forth on the actual data and break it down, but most, you know, policymakers aren't going to actually scrutinize it that way. Um, 
do you have any advice as far as how to combat children not using these devices um, and and, and reforms that could be implemented that still maintain access for adults yet help can help reduce youth usage? Yeah, there's a few things. I think that, you know, a lot in the in the vaping industry, we're kind of anti tobacco 21 for a long time. And I still am kind of like, it, it's, it's a shaky policy. But as far as combating teen use, it does make some sense. What a lot of the data has shown is that, um, you know, underage uh, uh, kids are, are getting these from social sources. So for example, an 18 year old senior in high school is going and buying 10 or a hundred jewel kits. He's then, you know, becoming Mr. Entrepreneur yep. <laughs> going back to high school, sell, selling these to 16 year olds. And I mean, they're selling them for like a hundred bucks is what I, what I've oh, read. The so these, these, kids are make, <laughs> these kids are making lots of money off of this. And so obviously something like tobacco 21 um, could close down that route a bit. Um, I also think that we need to, learn from from history here which we don't tend to do very very well when it comes to uh, drug policy and realize that the whole war on drugs types of you know uh sensational advertising and stuff that we did back in the 80s and 90s does not work kids are smarter than we think they are they see right through it when you go and put an advertisement on tv showing you know someone getting worms under their skin after they took a vape most teens know that that's complete bs just like how back in the 90s when we had some of those drugs, drug ads, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we knew, we knew like, okay, that doesn't happen. Your brain doesn't fry the minute you take a toke off of, you know, some weed. So I think that, you know, we need to approach this more like we have with uh, some of the sex education and stuff where we're just more factual with the information now, um, a little less like, you know, just abs- not saying that you, you you would want to say hey kids it's okay to use these products but just give them the proper info that's what they deserve and and make it less stigmatized as well because uh, I, I think there's been data and research that has shown that a lot of the the war on drug style efforts like for example here in montana we had these crazy horrible meth ads a couple of years ago and so you know do- doctors from all over the country were like Hey, that's a bad idea. And it actually did show that meth use went up after those ads. So, you know, like we, we can't make the same mistakes of the past and we need to we need to fight this in different ways. Well, and actually to bring it back to Montana, um, uh, there's a Montana is notorious for uh, their drinking. Uh, you know, probably one of the worst states in the country for like binge drinking. And um, and I know we had talked earlier about those numbers. Can you kind of break down those numbers? I know that Governor Bullock thinks that there is some vaping epidemic, but there's actually more of a epidemic among youth binge drinking. Yeah, well, he, he you know, in, in his executive order, the major, you know, he, he brought up the lung illnesses, but the majority of the emphasis was on teen use. And, you know, this is basically a uh, health emergency in the state. Now, the last data that that we have from Montana uh, teen e-cigarette use shows that 30% of teens have used an e-cigarette in the last 30 days. Now, obviously, we've seen nationwide data that shows once you talk about regular use, like everyday use or, or, 
or a 20 day or more use, you know, those stats go way down to around five, 6%. But in Montana, you also have 33% of teens using alcohol in the last 30 days. And so it's kind of, you know, ironic, like for example, on Steve Bullock's uh, uh, campaign website, he's selling shot glasses, you know, and that's, that's definitely like Montana culture. When I moved here from Washington, uh, uh, 14 years ago, that was one of the first things I noticed is that like, okay, yes, people like to drink in all States, but it's really ingrained into the culture here in Montana, long winters, you know, it's rural. It's too cold to There's be not sober a lot up there. <laughs> what, what was that? I said, it's too cold to be sober up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, it's just good to put it, put it into perspective. So where like, we're not, I'm not at all like trying to minimize the teen vaping issue, but you know, we have these other issues with teens as well, but because they're more, you know, accepted in society and uh, more, you know, maybe of a tradition or something, um, we, we don't tend to tend to look at them in the same way. Well, it's also interesting because um, I, I, nobody's died from secondhand vaping. Uh, and so, you know, if you look at it, like, I'd be more concerned about my, if I had, you know, children, hypothetically, I'd be more concerned with them drinking, getting on the road and killing, you know, a family of four or whatnot versus them vaping. Um, especially when you see all that. I know there was a study done a couple years ago that actually looked at the aerosols that were, you know, put into the, in a vape shop and found that they were okay. There was no harmful constituents or any of that. Um, so I w- it would, you know, I would hope that policy uh, makers would be more, you know, looking at that because there are secondhand effects to that and this those actions can actually affect somebody else other than the person doing that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's something like 43, 4,500 teens die every year from, you know, it's an alcohol-related death, Um and, uh, you know, it's also worth pointing out that the alcohol lobby is, <laughs> is pretty massive and they spend something like 30, 40 million dollars a year. And uh, the, the e-cigarette lobby hasn't been, you know, nearly as strong. But, yeah, I mean, vaping is just kind of public enemy number one right now. It's it's new, um, not new, new, but, you know, for most people in the public that aren't vapors, it's kind of this newer thing yeah. to them where they're they're just now learning about it more. And I think it was kind of one of those things where a lot of people were ready to hate this. They just wanted a reason. And so, you know, they didn't feel like uh, they felt like smokers that, that switched to vaping were kind of taking the easy way, easy, easy way out. You know, it's kind of like, for example, we're used to when you make a life decision for the better, we're used to it being painful. So like, if you want to lose weight, you got to go and eat food that you don't like and cut your calories and it's hard and you got to, and you got to, uh, um, you know, work out and, and so on and so forth. Now with vaping, many, myself included would say it's even more enjoyable than smoking. You get these delicious flavors you can try. It's fairly easy for a lot of people to transition off of cigarettes to vaping. And that doesn't really sit well with some people where like, okay, you know, that they have the no pain, no gain mentality. And like, you, you didn't quit smoking the way that they think you should have. So I think, uh, I think a lot of people were just like ready on the sidelines, just rooting against vaping. 
and these lung illnesses were just like the perfect storm to to be like, yes, I knew it. I told you so. You know, basically that that kind of scenario. It's, uh, no, I think that's I, I I do well. Yes, I do think that's absolutely correct. What I've seen, I uh, you know went from. Public health was like, oh, they're not any safer for you. Oh, well, science disproved that. Um, then I went to, oh, they don't help you quit smoking. Well, then vapors disproved that. And then now, I mean, the kids' narrative has been going strong since September 2018 when CDC and FDA or, you know, the powers that be that came out with this, you know, quote-unquote youth vaping epidemic. Um, question about flavors, though, since you brought it up. Um what I mean, you you smoke, you've been vaping for seven years. You, they got your cigarette habit, you know, eliminated it. Um, what flavor did you start out with, and what flavor are you vaping now, like today? And do you have a favorite flavor as well? Because there is, you know, like seven thousand flavors. So, and I know I vape. I I mix and you know pick and choose and mix them up. And yeah, when um, when I first the first e liquid I ever bought. Like, well, because I got the gas station e-cig, that was like some tobacco flavor. Yeah. And and then my first e-liquid I bought when I bought a refillable system was supposed to be a Camel Light flavor. And I assumed like, okay, well, I'm a Camel Light smoker. The best, easiest transition for me would be to, uh, you know, get this Camel Light flavor. Obviously, that makes sense, right? And so I quickly realized that like flavors and tastes are a lot different compared when you compare cigarettes and vapor products, first off with cigarettes, you have smoke, there's combustion there. And so when you do, when you get a tobacco flavored liquid in vaping, it in my, some people like them, not many, (laughs) but in my opinion, they taste, it tastes like wet, soggy dirt. And it's still an artificial flavor. It's not like it's real tobacco there. And so I quickly found that was not working for me when I tried that. And I quickly found I think it was a guava flavor and, you know, it was nice and fruity and like, wow, this is amazing. I will never be going back to a tobacco flavor again. And since then I've basically used various different uh, fruit or dessert flavors. Like today I'm using a, uh, it's like a peach smoothie flavor. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, the, there has been research on this and the overwhelming majority, I think it's over 90% have, have, uh, are using a fruit or dessert flavor. These flavors that they say are are only uh, enjoyed by by teens. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, it's it's really unfortunate that I I know there was some lawmaker that recently said it in one of these flavor ban hearings. You know, well, you're sitting here telling me that e-cigarettes are so you know they're less harmful. Then why don't you just go back to the tobacco flavor of that? And it's like you know why would you go back to cigarettes? And it's one, I know I've tried the tobacco flavors and they suck. I know um, Constantinos Farsalino's uh, 2018 survey of like almost 70,000 um, American adult vapors found that only 20% of them had actually used a tobacco flavored e-cigarette um, at a point of initiation. Um, but also there's a unique role in it. It keeps people away from the tobacco because it doesn't taste anything like tobacco. There is no, you know, I, I there's... It's actually, I mean, they're disgusted now by smoking a cigarette because of how horrible it tastes to them. Yeah, it dis- it disassociates you from your days of smoking, basically. You yes. know, you don't necessarily want to be reminded of it. And it's very hard to explain that to 
you know, a non-vapor and non-smoker, like they don't get it. They, they really just think like, Hey, is it, you know, get rid of their flavors. They don't need them. They're totally fine. You know, they can, they smoke tobacco cigarettes or menthol cigarettes. And so, you know, it's very, it's always been a, a challenge for the vaping community to, to explain that effectively to people that, that don't use these products. Um, do you have any suggestions for vapors in Montana? Um, and then also the other states, especially, I mean, seeing that it happened in Montana, um, which is not, you know, what I would consider a liberal banning state, you know, uh, what can they expect and what can they do while these bans are going on? Well, like we've seen in other states, I think there will be a fight here. There, there could potentially be a, a legal battle, but, um, you know, I, I think that, if you're someone that that buys e-liquid uh, in those states, you, you might want to stock up. And, you know, I think a lot of people will also be doing DIY stuff as well. And I'm sure there will be others that will, you know, find some kind of online site or foreign online site and try to get them to, to ship to them or something. But it's not good regardless. And, you know, it's definitely there's going to be less smokers converted. And, and there could potentially be some people that just – go back to to smoking you know like i am connected in this industry i also know you know i can diy i know how to get these products if i if i want them but you know the grandma who's 65 that's maybe using some peach flavored e-liquid right now if she all of a sudden goes to her vape shop and realizes oh they closed their doors she's not going to figure out how to get get the stuff she wants there's a good good chance that she's going to go back to smoking yeah, absolutely. And I know you're seeing it across the country right now. I mean, and it's unfortunate because we still have like, what, 30 plus million American smokers, you know, it's we don't have enough vapors. You know, we think we're at like 12 million. Um, the alarmism is only just making it worse and, and trying to convert smokers because this this narrative has been lost of tobacco harm reduction. I mean, unless it's FDA approved, um, which is... We don't need to get on that topic today because I could sit here for yeah. hours on that one. Um, do you have any final words for our listeners? Any suggestions? Well, I, I, think, or... I, I think that we're obviously in a dark time right now. I do, you know, there is some silver lining to this. You know, I have seen, while a lot of media hasn't been reporting this accurately, I have seen more and more media taking a deeper interest in this now that everyone's looking at it and, and really picking apart the layers. And, and like I said, looking at other countries like the UK and how they deal with it and looking at the science that that's out there. And so, you know, I, I think it could potentially get worse before it gets better, but I do feel like, you know, 10, 20 years from now, people are going to be looking back at, at this time as kind of like the reefer madness 2.0 type of era and uh, realizing that, uh, you know, the, there was a lot of mistakes made and uh, especially when we see other countries like UK who wants to be smoke free by 2030 and their vaping population keeps going up and up and up. So we can't, we will, I don't think we'll be in like the dark ages forever with this, but it's, it's obviously um, not good right now. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So where can our listeners find more information on you, especially your YouTube channel? Uh, my YouTube channel is called Matt from SMM. You can search that. Um, and yeah, I, I do a mix of uh, product reviews, but also 
talk about, you know, I do some live streams where I talk about uh, what's going, what's going on right now, uh, different types of advocacy efforts, so on and so forth. Awesome. Well, Matt, thanks again for coming on today. Um, you know, I always, especially, you know, it's very timely. Um, listeners, thank you for tuning into another episode of Voices of Vapors. For more podcasts, including more of this um, series, please visit our, our heartland.org or search for the Heartland Daily Podcast in, um, in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, and if you need more information on electronic cigarettes and vaping devices and just tobacco harm injection in general, please visit our alcohol and tobacco page at heartland.org. Looking to show off how much you care about freedom? Need a gift for someone? Head to the Heartland Institute store at store.heartland.org for t-shirts, posters, and books all advancing the freedoms you cherish. Grab a bumper sticker and show the world you believe in liberty. Find Heartland books such as Why Scientists Disagree About Global Warming, Power to the People, Nothing to Fear, and the Kid-Friendly Constitution. Grab a Heroes of Freedom t-shirt featuring Ayn Rand, Milton Friedman, Friedrich Hayek, and Martin Luther King Jr. Or get one of our always popular Don't Tread on Me shirts with Heartland's unique design. Those will be sure to start a conversation at your next barbecue or at the gym. Your destination for the freedom lovers in your life is the Heartland Store. Go to store.heartland.org and get shopping today. Today.